right. Thank you so much for tuning back into MMA today. I'm Jenna Benemy here with Sean Chase. And um, we have an action-packed show. There's so much fight stuff that happened this weekend. weekend. We have three incredible guests. We have David Feldman from BKFC. We have Tiago Alves. We have Mickey Ward. It's going to be an exciting one. So let's dive in. Let's talk about UFC 278. Um, the how, do we, how do we not kick off the show with the most? So I mean, it was a big fight weekend, but I think yeah. the biggest surprise by far was the main event of that UFC 278 card. That was insane. Yeah, I think it was um, minute 404 in the last round where Edwards uh, knocked out Usman. We're used to Usman being, you know, I think was he he's champ six times. Yeah, he he was on the verge of tying Anderson Silva's record. Um, and I mean, it's it just shows what an unforgiving, unpredictable sport it right. is. Uh, I mean, even even Kamaru himself came out and tweeted afterwards, and he's like, "This is why I love this sport." Um, so Edwards got performance of the night, uh, craziest ending in UFC history, and. I'm curious to know, like, how do you think Usman's dealing with this loss of being like, you know, a six-time champ, um, you know, pound for pound status, you know, does this mean that Edwards is now number one pound for pound? Is that No, no, that, that does, it doesn't work that way. Um, just just in the division. Yeah, you don't, you don't knock off the pound for pound and become the pound for pound. Okay. It's, it's not that way. But I don't think Kamaru is too, is too rattled by it. Um, I mean, he's, he's a champ. He's very, he's, he's so headstrong you know he's so his he's his he's very dialed in like i've said multiple times about him and i just you know i just look at it as he just he he made a mistake he got caught you know if they run it back you know do i think it'll go the same way probably without the head kick you know i mean i think that kamar will dominate him again the same way he did uh but leon did say one thing that could always play a factor where he said, when you believe in yourself as much as Kamara believed in himself going into that fight and you get knocked out clean that way, it kind of starts to maybe cast a little bit of, you know, self-inflicted doubt. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but they're talking about Wembley Stadium. Mm. I think that'll be huge. Um but yeah. See. And then um, on Usman's Instagram, you know, he showed great sportsmanship. He was giving props to Edwards. He's a champ. He's a champ. But Win or lose. He's a did champ. Did you catch the little see you soon? Well, of course, they're rematching <laughs> it. I mean, you don't you don't yeah. you don't have the credentials and the accolades that Camaro does and then not get a rematch. No matter how right. decisive the knockout was, he still deserves a rematch considering and I was doing the math. He was up you know, three to one on the rounds, winning the fifth round before. So it would have probably been a 49, 46, if not for that 55 more seconds went by. So, mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. It's going to be interesting. We shall see. All right. Costa V Rockhold. I want to know what your thoughts were. On. <laughs> All right. It was gross. Cause the man in me <laughs> loved it. I'm like, this is great. I'm like, this is a straight up just fight. It wasn't a mixed martial arts match. It was a fight. Those two fought. Right. Okay. So the technicals, unanimous decision, 30-27, fight of the night. Rockhold retired, which we'll talk about. But Rockhold gassed early. You know, it's like he he really tried. He went into the first two rounds, like, lunging forward. He did his best. Um, I just kind of felt like Costa was unfazed. I felt like he's just – he's so durable that, you know, no matter what Rockhold threw at him, he had it under control. I wouldn't say he had it under control. He ate some massive shots that could have knocked anybody else out. But they didn't. They didn't. Well, I mean, that's, you know, they, they don't until one day they do. I mean, right. you look at all these guys that are, you know, they've never been knocked out until they get knocked out. So um, Paolo fought a very, I mean, some of the guys in the post fight, I remember afterwards were kind of critical of his performance. I thought he fought very smart. Mm -hmm. Luke Rockhold, even though he didn't have the gas tank, because I mean, the, the guy hasn't been in there for three years. I still thought he left it all on the line. Yep. Um, but given that, he's still dangerous. He can right. still knock you out in the last second of the fight. And he almost knocked Paolo out in the last like in the last minute of the fight. Right. Um, and, and Paolo knew that going into the whole fight where he's like, I don't want to get caught, you know, so I'm just going to fight smart. And Paolo fought very smart. Paolo was very professional throughout the week. He didn't engage when Luke was, <laughs> Luke was nasty to him in the pre-fight stuff. Um, Paolo didn't really engage. He didn't get nasty back with him. Um, he had a, you know, masterful weight cut, which we discussed last week, whether he mm -hmm. would or not, we were curious about it. He did. So Patty's 
regimen I, I needed I need to know. Patty, I mean, call me. Crazy. I gotta know. Like hook nutritionist us up. Patty the nutritionist is gonna become a thing because he is that was I mean they were doing the comparables how Paolo looked on the scales um versus in his last fight against Vittori and how he looks and it's it's incredible. The guy looked great. Yeah. Um you know, Rockhold, look, he, he didn't like the way he went out a few years ago. He didn't, he's had a lot of injuries. He's had a lot of personal stuff and he wanted to come out and fight and, and go out on his own terms. And he mm. did, I mm, think five did. minutes in, he realized, holy shit, you know, my body can't take it anymore. I'm gasped. instead of, I mean, we've seen guys in that position, you know, kind of fold over and, and, and take a knee and kind of take the easy way out. And he didn't, he didn't. he's, he's, you know, like wincing in misery and he's still throwing haymakers yeah. and he just put it all out there. He's, you know, spitting up blood and he's and he's rubbing it in Paolo's oh face. Oh my God. The difference for me in that fight was Paolo was fighting a mixed martial arts match, which he's been in there, you know, you know, a lot lately. And, and he's been, you know, every year he's been in there fighting the best of the best. And Luke was sort of fighting for his life. Right. So that bloody thing you saw at the end was Luke just letting it all out. You know, he, he was, was yeah, there were no fighting given. for his life. Yeah. yeah. So um, um, no, that was incredible. I, I was like, the crowd went wild when that happened. Look, Luke, too. Luke was the best part of fight week this whole week. Luke came in. He was, you know, from all his press conference stuff to all the back and forth with Paolo to to the you know voicing his disapproval of some of the things going on in the organization down to the end of the fight. I mean, Luke put on a show and you can do nothing but tip your cap to them, you know? Was, and was, I want to give him props for some great kicks, right? Some question mark, 360 roundhouse kicks. The best was the, the fuck you haymaker the, the, that he threw that landed flush and, and you know, rocked Paolo a little bit. But right. that, was, that was that was nuts. Right. So what do you think is next for Rockhold? Um, I mean, look, Rockhold didn't need to fight. Rockhold is very well off. Rockhold's got a million other things going on he, from modeling to acting to this. The guy is, he's fine. Um, like I said, this was something he wanted to do. It was, you know, it, he wanted to go out on his own terms. He's a fighter. He's an alpha male. He wanted to, you know, go out against a dangerous guy and they went the distance and he, you know, they went back and forth and it was fight of the night. So mm -hmm. what better way to go out? Aldo V, Dwalashvili. Um, you know, uh, they swap spots. So now Dwalishvili's in the top three. What do you think that's going to do for his career? I like Marab. I, you know, I love Marab. You know, Marab I got think, the job done. Yeah, he, you know, he got he, it done. He, he, why would he stand in the middle and, and exchange with, with Aldo? You know, he's got, you know, he's got so much to lose. Um, so he got the job done and he, you know, at the end of the day, I know the crowd was booing, but it's, look, it's, it's Aldo's job to get out of that position and he didn't. So, um, you know, hats off to Marab. It's going to be really interesting, though, because now he's number three. Aljo's the champ. Right. They couldn't have been more clear right. that they're not going to fight each other. They're so, very close. Uh, yeah. Interesting. How is that? Is, is, is there a number out there that'll make them fight each other? Or is it absolutely not? So We'll have to have them on and find out. We'll to, yeah. Um, I know that uh, Uriah Hall and Kelvin Gastelum had a deal. You know, there was like a number. It had to be but like they crazy. fought each other at the Ultimate Fighter finale. But never again. Yeah, they but had, they still fought each other once. These two, like Marab <laughs> basically came out and said, I am ranked number three now because of Aljo. Mm. So don't even bring that shit up to me again. <laughs> so so we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. All right, uh, former Olympic and judo world champ Kayla Harrison advances to PFL final after defeating Martina Jindrova on Saturday. She has a perfect record, 15-0. I mean, she, she got damn. through Jindo Jindrova pretty pretty easily too I, I was watching uh, like i said my whole saturday i was watching fights yeah from morning till night um kayla's a beast um you know i i'm just i'm disappointed she didn't that we don't get to see her fight in the ufc and fight the likes of like the nunes and stuff because she's a special talent she's one of those mm -hmm. you know generational talents um so like i i don't see anyone i mean even the fight right before her fight was, which is the person she's going to fight in the final, Pacheco. Like she's an animal. Like she's won four, not like four or five knockouts in a row. But Kayla's already beat her twice, mm. and it's just, it's just so hard to get psyched up about it a third time around. Um, you know, Kayla's just really, really, really well rounded. Mm -hmm. um, to the point where honestly, if she was in the UFC, I think she probably would be champ. First of all, here's my thoughts on that whole thing. She fights at 155. 
Um, Amanda fights at 135 and 145. So naturally, Kayla is going to be bigger than her going into it. And Kayla is not the type to stand there and get in a firefight with her either. She's going to take her down and she is smothering on the ground. Mm. Like, when I, I mean, I've watched a few of her fights and I'm like, I don't know if there's anyone, you know, in the UFC that can match her, you know, her just her physicality and just how dominant she is on the ground. It's a little Khabib-esque. It's almost like where you're like, you know, it's suffocating. You can't really yeah. even do anything about it. So do you know if there have been any discussions between her and the UFC? Um, there was, there was, um, she was a free agent and then she attended Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez the first time around. And then Juliana Pena won, which basically, you know, kind of killed the hype a little bit, mm. or at least derailed it momentarily for her and for her to sign over and fight Amanda Nunez. And then she re-signed with PFL. So she's, she's never going to fight in the UFC or at least wow. not for a few years. So. Interesting. Okay, we got to talk about Burgos leaving UFC for PFL. Yeah, Dana, uh, Dana was upset about that. Oh my God, Dana's reaction. That was a mistake. Someone's getting fired. He said, I'm happy for him though. He said, we don't fuck up often, but we fuck this one Someone, up. Someone's getting fired over that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, look, PFL, I watched PFL on Saturday. They have a very well-rounded organization. Yeah. It's organized. It's their, their live scoring, live betting odds, the live strikes. I love that. And me being a stat guy, I, which, which here, here's the pros and cons about it. Me being a stat guy, I loved seeing it on the screen. Then the con is I wasn't watching the fight. I was watching the stats right. <laughs> more so than anything else. So, uh, but they run in a, a tight ship. It's great. Uh, they pay their fighters handsomely. Mm. Um, and look, Someone at the UFC fucked up, obviously, because Burgos walked and he was an exciting fighter. Um, so that happens. You guys hear me? Yeah, there we go. There you are. Welcome, welcome, David Feldman, founder and president of BKFC. We're so excited to have you here. Huge weekend for you. How are you doing? Going great. Just a little bit tired, but um, it was an unbelievable event for us. Uh, really, uh, really turned the corner for us, especially in the... Uh, in the European UK market. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal event for us. Yeah. Now, all right, you got to break down the main event. Um, you know, Mike Perry versus MVP. Uh, everybody was coin tossing right before the fight. They thought that MVP was a better striker, but, you know, I coined it myself as like skill versus will. Right. So mm -hmm. a very monster versus a guy who's just going to eat the punches and come forward, and that's kind of what happened. Um, you know, MVP was, was just tagging him with anything that he threw man and then mike perry came back and landed a nice right hand and dropped him at the end of the uh, first round um questionable whether mike perry got dropped or not in the second round which would have actually changed you know the right. whole right and then you know he just kept coming forward he ate some punches but kept coming forward and and you know the fifth round i thought that he uh he performed very well event or championship fights that if the fights a draw we go one extra round and we went one extra round and that, that felt like a movie i mean i've, I've watched a lot of, of, of i watched a lot of bare knuckle fights and that day i was texting my friends and i'm like i'm watching a movie right now i'm like <laughs> these two just went like i mean they just went full on five rounds they're both bloodied mike perry's face is swollen <laughs> and i'm sitting here like oh I wonder, I wonder who won this and then all of a sudden they get on the mic and they're like we're going into overtime i mean that was it was like a movie to me like I, and it was insane and then they go into that final round that was the most exhilarating bare knuckle fight i'd, I'd ever seen um it was i mean from, and just just this, the the build up all of it i mean just the fact that mvp would would put it all on the line and come and do, I mean, MVP's, you know, he's, he's, he's lengthy, his kicks and his, his knees and elbows are, and he's like, all right, I won't use any of that. Um, and it was just so fun. It was just so much fun to watch. I mean, if, if we could have, we couldn't have really scripted the night any better. Right. You know, it started, as we're going to a new market, a new matchmaker, new fighters, some of the guys really came and just fought unbelievable. And some guys, you know, tasted a bare knuckle for the first time and took a knee. Right. So that happened. Right. Last four or five fights were just unbelievable, yeah. and to have that go five rounds. It was like I said it before the fight. I said I pray to God that this is a <laughs> round. These things are crazy, but crazy it was awesome.
Yeah, it, it was it was fun to watch. I mean, I was it was later in the day. I'm watching the UFC fights and I'm still thinking about the bare knuckle fights from earlier. That's that's the impression it left on me afterwards. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, um, which brings me to my next question. Um, and Paige is a good friend. Um, you know, I'm, we're, we're fortunate to be working with her on some stuff. I, we've heard a lot of things. I was like, let's ask, let's ask the boss of all bosses on, you know, what, what happened there and why that fight was rescheduled. Um, just to, you know, I, some people are, you know, lying and saying it was canceled. It wasn't canceled. It was just rescheduled. It's October. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on that rebooking and everything. Oh, a lot of people said we were doing bad in ticket sales and we were doing this and we were doing that. And obviously if you were there, you saw the crowd. It Sold was out. Tremendous. Yeah, exactly. It was just, you know, there were some, Paige Van Zandt and her opponent do some do some things outside of MMA, and I was getting a little bit of slack from regulators in in England. And I don't want to go into it and throw these girls under the bus. They're they're great. I love right, Paige. Right. I love that they're awesome to work with, and we just picked it up and moved it to a different date. That's all. And on on uh, November twelfth, uh, we originally thought October, but Paige's um, schedule conflicts with that, so it looks like it's going to land on. On uh, November twelfth at the Hard Rock in Hollywood, uh, but nice wasn't you know we 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 compensated both of the girls. We did everything we're supposed to do. We didn't just say you know screw it, it's off. Of course, everything we moved it, and you know everybody's happy now. Nice. So November twelfth at the Hard Rock at Hollywood, Florida, and it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to that. I think we got to go. Yeah, we we have to go to that for sure. We got to go. Yeah, we have to. Where are you guys based out of? We're in L.A. Well, we're just opening a uh, an office at the trailer headquarters in LA um, as, as we speak now. I was going to ask you about mm-hmm. that exactly. So, so tell us about the the whole trailer partnership that that came to fruition, because that that's that's a big deal. Yeah, we announced it a while ago, but it wasn't actually done. We just we prematurely announced it. It, it actually got closed on Friday before this fight. Mm. Um, out there, um, you know, I just think what they have to offer us aside from funding is. A lot of celebrities, a lot of influencers, a lot of people to talk about this event because mm-hmm. that's how it's really going to spread is everybody talking about it. You can do as much marketing as you want. We can do everything else that we want. But if no one's telling you to watch it or you don't see something really cool, you're not going to watch it just by watching an ad because you don't know what it is. Right. So if I have women um, with, you know, hundreds and hundreds and millions of dollars, uh, millions of followers, it's, it, it's going to be an amazing uh, partnership. And they have a lot of uh, a lot of tech things. Um, a lot of tech companies that they have under the umbrella that's going to help push this as well. And Ryan Cavanaugh, who's, uh, you know, one of the owners of Triller, he's, he's just a really, really smart dude. He gets a bunch of things and we've been talking about a lot of strategies already. So I think it's going to be a great relationship with us. I love it. Amazing. I got to get a little nosy, you know, the Triller acquisition, you know, it's for an undisclosed figure. Can you give us a ballpark? How rich did you get off of this? You know, it, it's, um, it's, some stock and, and performance space too. We definitely got some cash. I was able to. So what a lot of people don't know is like I was offered another deal prior to that. And I, I personally, Dave Feldman would have got 10 times the amount of money, but my team wasn't getting really anything. So this, I got 10 times less money, but my team got a lot of money as well. Now, it, as this thing rolls on and we perform, it's going to be very lucrative for me. But I made sure that my team was good because I have like, this little core team here. And then we have a lot of other guys on the team as well, but the little core team that was there since, you know, some of them were there for eight years when I was doing the illegal underground fights and up to the first fight and the first three years working for free. So they deserve to get paid and we made sure they get paid, but I can't really disclose what it is, but if we perform, everybody becomes very, very wealthy. I love that. I love the man that you are, David. Keep, stay true to that. Um, speaking of acquisitions now, BKFC acquires England's BFBA. Was this, if I read correctly, was London like the first collaboration between you guys? Uh, they did a couple shows before that we, uh, we, we bought the rights off them to air on, on, uh, Bare Knuckle TV. So we knew them from that, but this was the first event that, you know, we, um, we kind of got to know them a little more and we're going to do our first event. I think it's November 26th, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, which, for us over here, it wouldn't be as good, but for them, you know, I, I tell my, I said, we left you on this date, so you, you guys can have the date. It was funny, but um, <laughs> it's it's going to be a great partnership. We, what this event did for us, 
you know, it was it was unbelievable. People were going, this is the next boxing over there, which boxing is unbelievable. Look, we went up against Train Strikes. We went up against Anthony Joshua fight, Coldplay concert next door, <laughs> moved everything that could have went wrong for this event leading up to it went wrong. And then everything that could have went right for the event during the event went right. So it worked out for us. Amazing. So what's next? Uh, we have uh, this Saturday night, we have uh, our first event in New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. We have Christine Faria versus Keller Starling. We have former UFC fighter John Dotson on the card. We'll have uh, nice. we'll have uh, Diego Sanchez and I think Donald Cerrone on attendance. So it'll be a it'll be a who's who in attendance. It's a, you know, a great debut for us there. And then we go September 3rd to uh, Bangkok, Thailand. Wow. But Bukal, who is one of the top two MMA uh, Muay Thai fighters ever in history of Muay Thai. So he'll be making his bare knuckle debut. And the following week, we go to Montana. And then we have a few weeks off before we make our debut in Louisiana. Just a busy schedule for us. Um, but we're getting there. You know, we're, people are talking about us a lot more than, than they ever did now. Definitely. So oh, it's, it's working. And what's what's next? Like, you know, what's the next like in a year from now? What's the next big move? Because you guys are moving pillars every year. I mean, you guys are doing big milestone things. What's the next one? What's what can we look forward to for the next big revelation for for Bare Knuckle to come out with? I think it's going to be a network TV deal. We have a um, love it. Actually, very interested in it. You know, one of them just told us no only because their board, you know, wasn't didn't really wasn't sure of it yet and didn't know about bare knuckle right. meaning is it bad for the for the audience and then the other two are just major major networks so we're going to have a major network deal i would say mid 2023 and then that just takes us in in my mind that takes us to the moon okay. not even just the viewership that we're going to get from it right and then and it's over then it's over amazing i was just i'm like i'm like excited for you i feel like i'm on this journey with you yeah. Now, I got to know, though, um, given that you guys only take fighters that have experience, now, what is the top question or concern that these fighters have when they're transitioning over to bare knuckle? No, they just want to make sure that we have the coverage that we need, the, the, the medical insurance coverage. But moreover than that, to make sure that we have the, the, the right positions in place. And we have what I think and every a lot of people in combat sports thinks is the top um, combat sports physician in the world. He was a president of the Association of Ringside Physicians for years, Dr. Don Muzi. He's just unbelievable. So he compiled this data from our first fight all the way up until the last fight. And it just keeps coming out fight after fight. It's kind of consistent where we have less concussive and self-concussive damage. We have less facial fractures. We even have what everybody can't believe, we have less broken hands. Wow. Uh, we have more um lacerations and right we have a plastic surgeons on staff to stitch the fighters up so wow. they stitch them up go home and everything's good and you know a little bit of blood and people love blood as long as people aren't getting seriously injured so right now we can confidently say we have less left less injuries than boxing or mixed martial arts wow wow that's incredible that is incredible yeah. Well, David, I mean, we, we got to come out. We want to hang with you. I, I personally, I think you're so cool. I'm like, I just want to keep picking your brain and have you back <laughs> on the show in person and get to know you and, and learn more about, you know, what it is you're doing for your team and, and kind of the community. Cause I get the sense that you're just this guy that doesn't just take, like you're really interested in giving back and, and leaving everything better. It's funny. Cause you know, I did get a little cash infusion and I was like, cause for the longest time I'm like, I just can't wait to make some money. I can't wait to make some money. And I made some money and I'm like, it's exactly what I thought it wasn't about. It was never about the money. Right. It's about the about leaving a legacy. It's about, you know, changing things. I actually had this, uh, this quote I posted on my Facebook today, but it's a long one, but basically it said, you know, the crazy ones, the ones that nobody thinks can do it. They're the ones that end up changing the world. And that's what we're, we're just trying to leave a mark, right? We're trying to leave a mark. You know, another thing that we did, we did also, we launched the first, we just launched it. We announced it probably six to nine months ago, but we just launched it actually last week. We launched the first combat sports retirement slash pension fund for fighters. Oh, so that's amazing. First. It's the first time it's ever been done in history. And, you know, we have, uh, we're going to donate uh, cash to them. We're also going to have some different crypto companies are going to be our sponsors and put crypto in their wallets. So they, you know, they have something 
to uh, to lean back on in five years. Uh, they can't cash it out for five years. And like, it's not life-changing, life-changing, but what it is is I've been in this all my life. Like literally since I've been in diapers, I've been in combat sports and I've seen guys make millions of dollars and call me up today and ask me to borrow money off them. Like I've seen that because they weren't managed properly and they didn't have money away, you know, when their career was over. Like I said, it's not life-changing, but if they have, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 that they can reach out to in five years from now when they really need it, they're going to have that. Amazing. I love, I love it. I know CSAC's working on something like that. I have to talk to Andy about it because I know, you know, boxing has that, right? And so CSAC has been working on something for MMA. Not at all what you're doing. That's separate? Yeah, no, uh, completely different. This is, uh, this is, when I said it's the first ever for, uh, from a promotion, it's the first promotion. Okay. Got it executed one ever i i know the ibf did something before for for only their champions i know some other state commissions are trying things and this is great because look without the fighters i don't have anything mm -hmm. i have zero you know but at the same time we're giving them a great platform i'm only saying that because they always come to me and i tell them i say come on over to bare knuckle because they're going to blow up your profile mm -hmm. even if you're like Paige van zandt went she was popular she came and fought for bare knuckle and everybody was like Holy crap, Paige Van Zandt's fighting for bare knuckle and everybody started following her again. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's a win-win. But I mean, without these fighters going out there and you know, I bonus them all the time. Like like this last fight I just did, I think we had we had 12 fights. I gave 14 fighter bonuses. You know, we just yeah. I could I tell them, I said it's about you. Go out there and bite your butt off and do everything you can do for these fans and i'm going to take care of you and i take care of them all the time yeah and this is no surprise to me hearing this because i've spoken to a handful of, of of guys you know in your organization and they all i mean the way they speak about you it's it's like he's the greatest person to work for it's an honor to be in this organization to have a man like david running the show so you know it's when i hear you say it i'm like it's it's no surprise because i've seen firsthand your fighters you know say how amazing you are so mm. That's awesome to hear. You know what I think the big difference is, is I say it all the time about like even regulators, like some of the state commissions that just talk like crap to the fighters and to the promoters. I said, these are guys that never been punched in their face in their life. So don't know. I've been there. I've done it. I've, I've grinded my whole life, man. I sparred with the best fighters in the world. I, I had uh, 14 professional boxing matches. I, I've been here for a long time. And to experience what they go through, to have experienced it, I get it. So I understand when they're frustrated. I also know when they're spoiled and asking for too much. I know when to pump the brakes on that as well. But, you know, I just want the guys to be happy because why? Because if they're happy, they're telling everybody, come fight for us. Right. Everybody watches. And if they're disgruntled, they're going to say, go to a different organization. Right. So it's common sense. It's not even, you know, it's, it's nothing special about it. It's just, it's, it's what my, I got this one mentor and he said to me, he said, how many times in life have you done the wrong thing and it turned out right for you? And I said, never. Hmm. So do the right thing and it's going to turn out right for you. I, I love that. that. I love it. Famous last words from David Feldman, <laughs> founder and president of VKFC. Thank you so much for joining us here on MMA today. We got to hang with you in person. Let us know when you're in LA or maybe we'll come to one of your fights and hang. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you, David. Thank you, Talk soon, my man. Appreciate you. See ya. What's up, guys? What's going on, Tiago Alves in the house? We are so glad to have you here on MMA today. I'm Jenna Benemy. I'm so glad to get acquainted with you. And you know Sean Chase, right? Yes, I do. How you doing? How you doing, Tiago? How you been, brother? I'm good, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So good to see you again. Uh, good to see you too, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. All right, so we want to go over BKFC. We want to go over UFC 78. I mean, you've got experience with all of it. So we're going to dive right into UFC 278 and get your thoughts on Usman v. Edwards 2. Did you watch the fight? Yes, I did. Uh, great fight, you know. Uh, kind of like a, a surprise toy, especially towards the end with 50, you know, eight seconds left. Right. Uh, first round when uh, Edward was fresh, you know, he looked great. I mean, he was one of the first guys to actually win a round against uh, Usma. Strike was on point, takedown defense was, point, uh, was on point. He was actually able to get him out, which I thought kind of hurt uh, Usma's knee for a second. But then when I saw the replay, he had enough, you know, gap when he fell uh, on his back. 
But it then, you know, as a champion in the second round, Usman just came in and, and did what he was supposed to do, right? Make it dirty, make it grimy. And uh, you can see Edward, you know, kind of fading a little bit and taking that beating, you know. Uh, but that's why MMA is so amazing, you know. Right. At the last minute, the last round, you know, he throw that straight left so Usman can move his head towards the outside, follow up with the head kick. That's a beautiful but a basic setup against a southpaw versus an orthodox guy. Uh, and it was beautiful executed. Right. It was definitely was. Uh, I know. I remember you were, you know, you fought for the title in that same exact weight class. Uh, was it interesting for you, you know, with, cause it was a big fight weekend, you know, you, you were Absolutely. a champion in bare knuckle. There was, you know, probably one of the biggest bare knuckle fights, uh, you know, in history took place on Saturday. It felt like a movie mm -hmm. watching those two guys go at it. Um, you competed for the belt, uh, in the, in the welterweight division of the UFC that had a huge fight. So, you know, I feel like you're the right guy to talk to this weekend about about the recap of the fights. You know, how was it like watching such a busy fight weekend and watching all this stuff go down? Honestly, it's pretty normal to me because, you know, I, I grew up in a business. I'm involved in a business, you know, as a fighter and as a coach as well. I'm taking a little step as a step back as a fighter and really like fully integrating myself as a coach right now. But for us, the American talking, that's pretty busy uh, right. and actually very, very normal because we had. PFL as well, where of we have course. people competing. And then you have, you know, the, the BKFC and UFC as well. So it's awesome to see how combat sport has evolved. And, and it's awesome to see as well how many more opportunity uh, that is out there for, for fighters. You know, UFC is not the only game in town. So uh, that, that's very, very good for the, for the industry. Right, right. And you talked about some of the coaching. Tell us about Live Trained. I know, you know, you're it's 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 getting really big i hear i starting to yeah. see it everywhere i see you and mickey ward who's going to come on the show in a little bit um you guys are you know heavily influenced behind this so please tell us more about this i you know i want i know the listeners want to hear more so uh, i am the mma director you know you think of life training as a cameo but for combat sports you know where you have the opportunity to interact and and, and train also with your favorite fighter and favorite coach you know, what, what we uh, develop at Life Train is every fighter, every coach under the platform has the ability to create their own online gym in a way where you can coach guys one-on-one, -on -one, you can have group classes, but you can also develop a huge library of pre-recorded technique content where you can just, you know, have your students or your fan base buy that so they can learn a little bit more about your fighting style and everything. And then come together as uh, a training one-on-one -on -one with your favorite coach as well. So we're in the beginning stage. We're trying to uh, pretty much, you know, bring everything in as, as you can learn. Think of us as a, a learning platform. But right now, our main focus is develop the, the combat sports side. And then from that, we're going to move on to bigger and, and better things. So Tiago, you're a striking coach. If I wanted to send you a video through live trained of my form, would you be able to help me tighten it up? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we can work, you know, with any levels of uh, uh, students, you know, from beginner all the way to high level fighters. So different ways you can interact with every coach is you can do just one-on-one. -on -one. You can get to know, you know, uh, your coach a little better. So you can just have one-on-one -on -one conversation. We can do videos breakdown where me and you get together and can break down fight videos so you can get a different perspective on what you're seeing. And we can also work on techniques, right? And we can also do a full-on workout where, you know, we'll get you to learn, but at the same time, get a workout so you can feel good and be in shape as well. I love it. I love it. All right, we're hopping around a little bit, but I got to get your thoughts on Costa V. Rockhold. Um, that was a crazy fight. Uh, you know, the memory Amazing. that stands out the most that uh, I don't think I'll ever get it out of my mind is the, the his Rockhold <laughs> rubbing his bloody face all over Costa. And Costa's like squirming, trying to get out. I mean, that's one way to distract your opponent, right? Yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, you know, here to the battle, uh, uh, everything right you're sweaty your your adrenaline is through the roof you know you're fully integrated in the moment so the moment it's the moment for violence for being an animal for being a savage right. and i don't think it gets more savage than rub your blood all <laughs> over your your opponent you know at the last you know, at the last round so that was pretty cool but just goes to show uh how far you know we take our body how far right. we're integrated at that moment you know it's literally you just being uh, a, a primal animal right. trained for fighting compete. So at that point, you know, anything goes. And I think it was a beautiful uh, display of heart and technique at the same time, prop to those two guys. You know, they definitely mm -hmm. left a piece of themselves in that, at that night in the octagon. Well said, definitely. What did you think of Rockhold retiring? 
Uh, you know, I think it was the right decision. You know, if you don't have it anymore when it comes to, I think uh, body-wise, he still look great. You know, he's only 37. Uh, you've seen time and time again that fighters age differently today. You see guys competing at the highest level in their 40s right mm-hmm. now. You know, you think of that 10 years ago, you think that's crazy. It's unheard, unheard of. And there was very few guys who were able to do that. Today, you see more guys able to compete in that late 30s, early 40s. But if you don't have it in your heart, you know, because this takes too much out of you and you got to be fully integrated uh, 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 on mind and body. Otherwise, that's not the business you want to be competing if you're not completely 100 percent dedicated to it. So I think it was the right decision. You know, he still uh, got all, you know, he's still young uh, to move on to the next stage of his life, whatever it is. And I wish him good luck. I think he was a great champion and a phenomenal fighter. I'm happy to see him go out you know, with a big performance like that, even though he didn't get the win. But I think nobody lost in that fight. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it was definitely a performance. All right. Aldo v. Uh, Dualishvili. Yeah. Marab jumped up three fight. spots. I think he's ranked number three now. Yeah, he took all yeah. those three number three rankings. Yeah, That's and all those at six. Yeah. They, they and, you know, it, it, it goes to show, like, it, it depends what you're looking at, right? Of course, it's, it's being proven. You know, time and time again, that it's hard for you to win a fight going backwards. Like you see, the judge today they they value a lot of cage control. Right. So even though he was still doing damage going backwards, you know, just the fact that the guy's pushing the pace and to make him fight. You know, he's not dictating the pace by fighting, fighting when he wants to fight. He's right. not sticking a move, and then once he get an angle, he's able to make his opponent going backwards. He's going backwards the whole time. So it goes to show that the judge they are valuing a lot of cage control. It was a good fight. I think the first round, Aldo looked phenomenal uh, uh, on, on the wrestling defense and, you know, with his striking. But again, he was a little bit behind. He was always right. react to his counterattack instead of pushing the pace. Yeah. And I think that was the the the, 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 the determined factor uh, at the end of the fight. And speaking of which, speaking about pushing the pace and, and the way the judges look at it, that, that sort of was the showing with uh, MVP and Mike Perry as well, where... They were both landing big shots and you know in the bare knuckle fight on saturday but perry was just mm-hmm. kept coming forward he was eating all of all of um mvp's big shots kept coming forward kept landing shots and i thought that was sort of the difference maker in that fight as well where mvp was backpedaling most of the time he was still landing you know he was still landing yeah. had a lot of success but it's the fact that mike was mike perry was just kept coming forward eating all the shots i mean he was wearing it he was wearing it on his you know on his cheek afterwards i think they said he had a broken yeah. jaw but oh yeah i mean he was eating those shots just stalking him you know walking him down and and to me i thought that was maybe what the judges looked for for that i it's the only explanation you can you know give for for mike perry to win the fight right. because uh like i said even though MVP was coming backwards, you're still doing a lot of damage. A lot of damage. You're doing a lot of damage. You know, he. I think he got a knockdown in the second round, but nobody counted. You know, Mike Perry tucked the canvas with both hands. Yeah. That's considered a knockdown. Is it? Okay. Uh, so, okay, okay. Yeah, I was wondering unless, about that. Yeah, some some rules, you know, you got to have both hands in the knee. So that's like three points that's considered a knockdown. But regular boxing, when you touch the canvas with, with your hands, you know, it's a knockdown. But BKFC is a different animal. Got it. They have different rules. You know, in boxing also, in kickboxing, you have a three knockdown rule in one round. If you get three knockdowns in one round, you know, usually they stop the fight. Right. In BKFC, they don't care how many knockdowns. As long as you get <laughs> up, you know, you can keep coming forward. They'll keep you fighting. All right. But I think that was uh, uh, definitely the, the determined factor. Mike Perry was coming in, even though he was taking a lot of damage coming in and didn't do much damage coming in either. He was just yep. taking, taking, trying to fire back. Right, exactly. But at that point, MVP was out and able to count it again so uh, in my opinion that fight you know could have gone either way uh mvp was a little bit more technical when it comes to the right. damage i think right. it did more damage but again the forward pressure in combat sports today it's being determined factor and, and guys winning a close fight right and then i thought i mean just that's just the atmosphere when you know seeing these two guys bloodied up in their corners and then they get on the mic and say oh we're going to a sixth overtime round i mean that was <laughs> That was fun, you know. I mean, I was, it was and it was early for West Coast time, and I'm sitting there like, "Oh my god, yeah. this is entertaining! I am invested yeah. in this." Uh, if, but if it was never. It was fun. Yeah, I know. If you've never been to a BKFC show, you know, you're in for a treat because mm-hmm. every fight is very competitive. You know, it's two hands against two hands. Yeah. So it's gonna be competitive. You right. don't have a lot of room to run. It's a square circle. Right. So, you know, if you had never been to a, to a BKFC uh, show, go, because it's a fun fight of nights. Start to finish, you know, the fights are always competitive, so right. you're always going to see something crazy. 
you're definitely going to see blood because, you know, bare hands against yeah. bare hands and, <laughs> and, you know, face, it's going to get cut very right. easily. But the fights are a lot shorter, right? There, yep. there are uh, uh, five rounds of, of two-minute, one-minute rest. Right. So, you know, uh, they keep moving very fast. So it's a fast-paced but exciting fight at night where you can get in, you know, uh, have fun, watch some guys, you know, try to kill each other and then go home. It's still pretty <laughs> early and, and do what you got to do after. <laughs> Tiago, I want to get a little personal with you because you're such an OG in the biz. Um, thinking back to your 14 years in the UFC, I got to know, what fight are you most proud of? I am most proud of my fight against Seth Bozanski because at that fight, I was out for over two years and I had four surgeries back to back. I tore my uh, right and left pack and wow. then I had to do my left knee ACL, PCL and my left biceps all back to back. Me trying to rush it in to get back to training, to get back to fighting, end up injuring myself again and injuring myself again and injuring myself again. So uh, uh, I, I had a lot of... Uh, a lot of you know tension riding in that fight because you know you step away for a year and you have a completely different weight class because guys are moving up and some guys are just out of it so uh, uh for being out for two years i was able to get in there at that point sapozanski had just beat uh neil maggie hmm. so he was super hot uh he was six three which is huge for uh uh the welterweight division right. he was super tall so uh, it, it was a big challenge. Yeah, he was uh, a guy that was very active and very hot at the time. But I prepared myself properly, and I was able to win the fight, uh, a unanimous decision. And we got the bonus of fight of the night. Nice. So that was pretty special mm -hmm. for me because I had, you know, a lot of uh, insecurities going in. You know, right. that's just how it goes sometimes. You know, you, you're afraid. You don't want to do it. But, you know, as long as you go out there and do it and give your best, you're going to be satisfied. Winners. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, I don't know if you know this because a lot of the fighters I've interviewed are unaware of their status in the UFC record book, but I looked okay. you up and it turns out that you are in the record book for takedowns landed. You're ranked number 10 for a total of 13 and you're tied with Anthony Johnson, Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Did you know that? records out there most knockdowns and uh, uh some knockouts i knew it was up there but uh it's always good to get reminded about new records <laughs> yeah i mean listen you you uh you exited the ufc in 2019 right so years later yes. you're still in there that's impressive yeah hopefully i'll, I'll be there for a couple more years yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much tiago it's been a pleasure chatting with you and we'll definitely welcome you back on appreciate you showing up on mma today Ah, thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. And don't forget, guys, if you want to train with me, go to livetrain.com, sign up for uh, our monthly membership, and I'll see you guys soon. You Have heard it, guys. Tiago Alves, livetrained.com. Check him out. Hey, hey, Mickey Ward in the house. There's the man. What's up, Mickey? Can you hear us? Hey, bud. How you doing? I'm doing good, brother. Good to see you again. You too, bud. How's everything? Everything's great. Everything's great. How's everything with you? Everything's good. Nice. In there. You in Boston? Yeah, outside of Boston. Yeah, I'm a Nice, 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 nice. I remember, uh, so I had Mickey on my show last year on The Cray, uh, but Mickey came in person. We got to hang out with him in person. Um, everyone in our green room was losing their mind that Mickey Ward was here. Um, so it's, I was like, we got to, you know, we got to get you back on and this time be able to kind of delve into some of the stuff you're doing. Um, it's been a big year in boxing in the last year since, since I last yeah. saw you. So I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on all that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, you know, just kind of want to delve into all of it. Yeah. Well, we just spoke to Tiago and, you know, he primed us a little bit on live trained. I, you know, I see that you're, you're pretty active. You've got live trained, you've got punch for Parkinson's charity. I mean, there's, there's so much going on. Why don't we start with what you're most passionate about? What's driving you today? What are you working on? Well, I mean, I, we're working with live trained, obviously with the live train, the uh, mobile app and stuff like that. And then also, like you said, the, um, the punch for Parkinson's, I, um, uh, I've been helping with that with my nephew at my nephew's gym actually. Uh, Ryan Ryan Roach, Freddie's nephew, hmm. runs it and got it going and stuff like that. And uh, they've been sparring in his gym, getting ready at my nephew's gym, getting ready for the fights they have. I think it's next week. I think. Nice. It's a big a big event they're having. So uh, so I've been involved in that and uh, obviously, like I said, with the live train, and the live train is like a mobile app and it's uh it's going good actually. Everything's good. What do you do for live train? What capacity are you working in? Well, I'm one of the trainers on the app. Mm. On, the, on, the, on the app is like wrestling, boxing, MMA right now. And then we're going to, it's right now we're in the process of expanding into other things too. 
Mm. Just doing training and more. You can either train with me by the app, or you can I can do like a motivational thing. I can do whatever the, whatever they need, like as far as like they pay for the hour, whatever it is, and they can use it for whatever they want, training, motivational stuff, um, things like that. So, Amazing. all right. So if I pay for the hour and I want you to like sing happy birthday to my friend, is that something you would do? Yeah, but it won't be good. It'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be, be terrible, actually. <laughs> I, can't I, hold, I can't hold a note, a, a tune in a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, Mickey. So, so in the last year, we've seen this new sort of wave you know this boxing sort of evolving now you know i mean aside from the, mm -hmm. the heavyweights and everything and you know the canelos and all that you see jake paul's coming out and really bringing ushering in this new demographic into boxing this new younger sort of gen z you know demographic what are your i know we've had mike we've had a lot of you know we've asked a lot of the ogs mike tyson's been very supportive of it saying that he thinks it's right. great that it's more eyes what are your thoughts on this new wave of of, you know, the influencers and these sort of celebrity boxers that are, you know, by the looks of it, Jake has taken this very seriously. He, he you know, he trains hard. He's, he's, you know, he's yeah. winning fights. What are your thoughts on him and everything? You know, honestly, to be honest with you, at the very, very beginning, I was skeptical of it. And I was like, ah, this ain't whatever, you know what I mean? And uh, I mean, he, Jake Paul, he like, he's brought so many eyes to boxing now, like not, that, not that boxing really needed, but it was kind of like down in the low. The kid trains his ass off. He really, um, you know, he can fight. I mean, he has a good right hand. He can fight. Uh, I think it's great for boxing. I think, I think um, it ain't like one of those guys just don't, don't respect boxing, goes in there just for whatever, you know what I mean? I mean, the kid's got plenty of money. Uh, he respects boxing, and I think he's good for boxing and uh, and all, all, the, all the power to him, you know what I mean? People, people, you know, fighters are getting mad because they've been training their whole life to do you know, to get a, uh, to make money or whatever it may be, and they don't, you know, they don't get it, and they look at him, and you know, you know, he's a self-made guy, though. You know what yeah. I mean? So he ain't making money off boxing. You know what I mean? He is making money off boxing, but he has money already. Right. You know what I mean? And right. uh, I don't know if it's the jealousy thing or not, but I think the kid can fight. I mean, he can fight a little, and uh, you know, God bless him. Yeah, right. I love it. Mm. I love it. Okay, so you're such an OG in the sport. I got to know, like, as you're observing up-and-coming fighters enter the scene, what's the biggest mistake you see them making today? I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of uh, – I don't know about big mistakes, but it's just, you know, there's so much money involved in it now today that the best don't really have to fight the best. Uh, but uh, but we got to – I think there's a fight. I don't know if it's made yet or not, but Canelo – not Canelo um, – with um, Spence and Crawford, those are the two best welterweights, you know, mm -hmm. right now. And um, that'd be a great fight. And uh, I don't really see too much wrong. I mean, there's always things wrong in boxing, you know what I mean, right. with too much this or that. But that's just the way it is, I guess. And what are your thoughts? You, you mentioned it right now, the Canelo fight. He's fighting uh, Triple G coming up again. It's the trilogy fight. What do you think right. the outcome of that's going to be? It's going to be tough. Be I mean... You you never know like what Triple G you get. You know what I mean? Uh, right. You can get an older Triple G, or you can get a, a revamped young right. Triple G. You never see at that age that he's at. You never know fight to fight what you're gonna get. Meaning like he ain't young no more. You know, so his age is like you never know. And then he might have one last hurrah at a great fight. You know what I mean? So you really never know what you're gonna get. Like when I fought Toro Gatti the third time, I felt great. All the way up to the sixth round, and after this, I knocked him down the sixth round. I come out the seventh. I got old. I was just like I was done. My legs were gone. Everything was gone, wow. and the fight just come out of me. And like that one round, who knows? Like what Triple G is gonna show up? He might show up at great. He he might just might be just a little bit too old. Who knows? Right. You never know. Right. But it should be a kind. It should be a uh, pretty interesting fight. I'll tell you that. So I was watching the UFC fights on Saturday night. And at this point, I knew I was that we were going to sit down with you uh, today. And I noticed one of the guys that was fighting was they're saying that he's, you know, he's 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 from Lowell. He's training with your team. Jay Perrin. They, they, yeah. Yeah. It's my, my buddy Ronnie's kid. Yeah. 
He train. He hasn't trained in the gym um, with us, but he's he's training somewhere in the area. Got it. Yeah, because Joe Rogan gave you a little shout out when when when, <laughs> yeah. when Jay was walking out, and he was like, "Shout out Mickey Ward," and, and you know they spoke very highly of him. He was a scrapper, man. He he was in yeah, it. I actually missed it, you know, I, I, and I and I had forgot to to watch it. I was out doing. I actually I was in Oklahoma at the National Road and Gloves, so that's why I didn't get to see it. Got it. Got it. So when are you coming back to LA? When are we going to see you three dimensionally in person? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whenever we'll see. I don't know. Whenever yeah. our work takes me there. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. So tell us what's next for Live Trained. What's you know? You, I know Tiago mentioned you guys are expanding it. You said you guys are expanding it, doing some bigger things. What's what could we what could we look out for in the future for Live Trained? I mean, just just the stuff like I said, expanding and uh, just trying to make the product better than it is. And uh, you know, I mean, the guy uh, the, the the guy Dave Massagiovanni, the owner, uh, great man. He's uh, yes, always he working, always working, trying yep. to make things better, and uh, just trying to improve on Live Trained, and just trying to make it a, a better product. I love it. And how long has Live Trained been available? Like, how long has it been out for now? Well, no, now uh, probably uh, about a year or so. Got it. Okay, so right around the time we 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 met last year. Okay. Got yeah, it. yeah. Perfect. See, but you guys got to talk about the fighter on your show, and we haven't even touched on it on our show. So I like a little bit of background. I mean, I want to know what you're most proud of about the fighter, Mickey. Um, that it was just, pretty much that was just made, and Mark, you know, did it, and you know how like you know how Chris, how, how they won like two Academy Awards, two mm -hmm. or three, whatever Academy Awards. They were up for like six, I believe, or something like that. But they won two. You know, I'm proud of that. That. You know, the movie got made, you know, Mark was in Mark Wahlberg, you know, a good friend. He's, he was in, you know, big and he was instrumental in getting it going because right. it, was in a, it was up and down throughout the years of right. on, off, on, off. And he really, you know, he really uh, made it happen. It was a passion project. Proud. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And then most proud moment of your career, Mickey, you've done a lot. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe winning a championship because no one thought I could do it. Uh, I know it was a WBU was like one of the lighter uh, titles, but hey, it was a title, and I went over to England to win it in HBO, and so I was proud of that. I love it. I mean, Amazing. the Gaddy first Gaddy fight winning that was big because it brought a million dollar payday the next one. So that probably is, but for me personally, it's probably winning a championship. So we touched on Jake Paul earlier, and I got to know, if you were to advise him in any way, what direction would you steer him in? What advice would you have for him? Just keep doing what he's doing, listening to his coach. Um, what's his name? I, can't, I, uh, I know him too. Uh, his coach, you know, listen to his coach. Coach is an ex-fighter, great fighter, good fighter. Um, you know, just, just take it one day at a time, you know I mean? Don't look too far ahead. Mm -hmm. Take it one fight at a time. Okay. Well, Mickey, you are a rock star. Thank you so much for joining us. We'd love to meet you in LA if you make it out here or if we happen to be in Vegas or another city at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Definitely. I appreciate you, my man. So good to see you again. Tell, Give David my best and we'll connect again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Mickey. Talk soon. Appreciate All right, you. Bye -bye. All right. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to MMA today. Um, that was an incredible show. We had David Feldman. We had Tiago Alves. We had Mickey Ward. We had an incredibly exciting fight weekend that we recapped. I hope you guys enjoy the show, and we'll see you next week. All right.